Hello there and welcome to the latest episode of the Sith Taker Snapshot Podcast. I'm your host today, Rich Polly, uh, and joining me, I want you back, I want you back for good, it's Ben Hibbert. I'm glad you didn't go for the one we already talked about. No, I've done that joke before, had to think of a new one, and a new song with back in it. So for, for not long-term listeners, it, it was going to be back once again like a Renegade Master D4 down and down with the people or whatever it is. I'm, I'm not cool enough to know the words, but um, I went for Take That instead, which is exactly how cool I am. Um, I think she sang it, to be honest. Uh, yeah, well, more kind of croaked it, but we'll go for that. It's all good. <laughs> um, as well as you could, mate. <laughs> I did my very best. <laughs> if, if, if only some people had the same amount of sense as I do, they wouldn't put themselves on X Factor to embarrass themselves in front of the nation. That's because they find out they can't say. to be dead for going that. <laughs> That's true. No, but then you win. <laughs> <laughs> you, you win, doesn't matter how bad you are if you've had a family tragedy in the last six months, you're grand, crack on um, get yourself on telly make a fool of yourself um, also joining <laughs> also joining us um, he's got consumption or something or tuberculosis or something like that it's producer Tim hello there well done, you managed to speak without coughing down our ear holes, I'm impressed yeah. Yeah. So Liam's not joining us today um, for Liam reasons. Um, so he'll be back next week because if he's not, then I'll not be his friend anymore and that'll make him sad. So, um, and I am that petty. Um, I think we're the people who tolerate him the most. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's all good. Um, so we've got a little few bits and bobs to talk about today. Um, sadly, no X-Wing news um, from AMG. So we're probably still going to be um, keeping this one relatively short. And I suspect that podcasts are going to be shorter until we're in the run-up kind of to Worlds um, when things will probably start to expand back out again. Um, we are going to touch on um, a handful of store championships. We're going to talk about XTC Um as it's coming towards the sharp end of the group stages, but we'll we'll talk about it briefly, um, and then uh, because it's a little bit weird um, to kind of talk about the nuances of what can happen if in the various groups, because um, by the time this comes out, all of those what can happen if still have been resolved, and we'll know who's through. Um, so, uh, and then the last thing we're going to talk about is just a little bit about invites and worlds and all that kind of stuff, because um, some numbers have, uh, I had a shower thought today, and it made me kind of wonder, I've been chatting to some people online today about it, and it's uh, it's given me some thoughts. So, um, we'll start off talking about, let's talk about the three events that we know of um, that have happened over the course of today. And while we talk about them, I'm just going to have a quick look on Roll Better and see if any turned up in America over the course of the last week as well, because um, that's normally my my way to find them. Um, so there was um, there was a big event in Canada. Um, so Canada had its um, uh, world's qualifier on the, I think, the West Coast in Vancouver or something. Um, anyway, um, and it was um, as well attended. Um, so the Western Canadian Open... Oh, no, that was the store championships. Ugh. So, like, what they did was... I'll just go over open the link again because I've accidentally closed it. So what they did was they ran a world's qualifier, and then on day two, for people that didn't make cut, they ran a store championship as well. But they ran the store championship, I believe, as extended. Um, although I'll be able to confirm that with a quick look down the, um, the lists, if there's any star fortresses or bat wings or anything like that. 
Oh, no, it doesn't appear to be extended. No, it appears to be. Is, is all Storechamps possible to run extended? Yeah, you can do whatever you want. Oh, I didn't realise that. I thought there was like, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was kind of strict rules because you have to have so many people in it. So. Yeah, no, the, the long and the short of it is you can do what you like as long as when you write into them and tell them. It, as long as you've got 16 people at it, then it's fine. You could, be, you could do it as Fangs Out or whatever it's called, the 16 or 12 point lists one on a smaller board or whatever it is. Like as long as it's a, a recognised format, then you can do what you want. So, um, yeah, most people obviously want to attend and want to to play in standard 20-point scenario-based things. But um, anyway, we'll talk about the word. Um, we'll talk about the qualifier first of all. Um, it was big, and there was 44 people at it. Um, so, yeah, it's good. Um, and it was won by drumroll, please. Uh, somebody called Joe Cass. This is. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm surprised you didn't go onto the uh, the old Discord signboard and uh, start messing about with that because I'm pretty sure there's a drum roll on that. Tim it's one of the three they've got. Oh no, they've only got Badum Tiss. They haven't got drum roll. And I get um, a bit giddy, don't I? And I start clicking on all sorts. And... <laughs> start start but inserting <laughs> random stuff. <laughs> so it was one by. Wonder... Because <laughs> he drives me places. <laughs> You've got your own car. I know, but I like to be a princess. <laughs> right. Um, it was won by this uh, this guy called Joe Cass. So, again, this is real better, so we, we don't have real names. Um, Joe Cass won uh, with a list that he has titled Clones Together Strunk, with a K. Um, I believe that's some kind of new fangled internet meme kind of thing. Um, but basically, he's used... Uh, a bunch of Siege of Coruscant arcs, um, two Siege of Coruscant star, uh, torrents, V19s, and boost in the Z95 with Predator as his upgrade. Uh, so Jag, Wolf, Oddball, Click, Axe, uh, Kickback, Axe, sorry, not Click, Kickback, Axe, and Boost. Uh, so that is a lot of um, chewy, punchy, token-sharing, re-roll-giving. Oh, no, no re-rolls. No, no re-rolls, no dedicated, uh, but lots of born for this. So, um, And then, obviously, the uh, the target lock shenanigans that Jagwolf and Oddball can uh, can engage in. I think Axe probably engages in target lock shenanigans as well. Um, what's his ability? After you perform an attack, you can choose a friendly ship with born for this, and they gain a lock on the defender. So, yeah, more more target lock shenanigans, uh, so it's all good. Um, and and as we said he wasn't going to attend, here he is, it's Liam Baker. Hello, mate. Hello, I changed my mind. I was oh, feeling good. lonely. Liam, Liam Reasons disappeared, and I still continue to be your friend. Yeah. But you've dodged me thinking up an entertaining thing to say about you in the introduction, so well done. I mean, I've just saved you the embarrassment, if I'm honest. Right, so because you're late for training, you've got to do two laps of the pitch before you can join in with the rest of the team, okay? Uh, two baked potatoes. <laughs> I've already done that. <laughs> right, fair enough. Uh, so we're just talking about the Canadian World's Qualifier. We're just looking at the winning list, which is basically just a big old pile of um, things from the Siege of Coruscant box, plus a, a Z95 to fill it in. So all clones, uh, three four-point arcs. We're starting to see this sort of thing, though, in that faction. I yeah. just there was a one Jedi in there. I'd like that it work in my head cannon then. Yeah, I mean, you could take one of the arcs out and put Anakin in as a four pointer in a, in a Zeta. Um, but you know, obviously the 
the the thing with this list is just that everything is shared with everybody. Oh yeah, you know? I can see why you wouldn't, but yeah, just be nice for my little head kind of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just looking at it, kickback has got um, kickback is his only gun that really isn't um, like powerful because axe has got barrage rockets, um, and yeah, so axe has got barrage rockets, boost has got predator. Um, and it really, yeah, as a two-pointer, is there to to run objectives in two of the four scenarios. And then you've got the arcs, who can basically joust across the front of anything other than probably five T-70s. Um, and even then, it can be a close-run thing, depending on the engagement. So, um, yeah. Looks good. Hmm. It's a... Uh, but it made carrying the cards around easy, didn't it? And just smashing them down all day. <laughs> Yeah, what what you got? I've got these five big cards, and then these two little cards. And if you lose his predator for boost, it probably doesn't really matter, like because he's not going to use it. Um, just carry six cards around with you all day; it'll be grand. Um, so uh, so well done again to um Joe Cass, um whoever you are with your jolly internet pirate nickname, um. We've also got in second place. Um, um, I think. Um, I think it's Paul Larue, isn't it? Yeah. So second place was Paul Larue. Yeah. Um, so we've chatted about him a few times in the last couple of weeks. We've, you know, reminded people that Paul's been around since version one, and used to make loads of alt art cards and stuff. So um, yeah, he only lost. Um, Paul lost his third round game against Imperial Bombers, um, and then. Uh, turned over everybody else until they got to final table. So he's using um, First Order. Uh, so uh, Whisper Kylo, Whisper Wrath uh, with an Iron Cannon. Um, he's got the Brilliant Evasion, Malice, Predator, Pattern Analyzer, Kylo Ren build. And then he's got Midnight, Malarus, and Grudge. Um, now he's got Feedback Ping on Grudge and Cluster Mines and Thermal Detonators. So um, yeah, there's quite a lot of I guess free locks landing on there for grudge, but I'm not sure what I can use them for. Yeah, weird. Anyway, I suppose just having a lock without needing to be stressed. Sort it out. Um, so yeah. Um, what about this list, Liam? You first order fanatic? You? Uh, I really don't like the fact he doesn't have any form of ordnance on Kylo. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people take the brilliant evasion route, uh, but every person I've played when they're running this kind of Kylo just doesn't have the same damage output because it is very bullseye dependent. Yeah. If if you're landing your bullseyes, then you're an absolute hot terror. But if you're not landing your bullseyes, then, you know. I I like shooting twice with Kylo as well. How would you put clusters on him? Yeah, I like I like the double shot with the uh, instinct of aim. Mm. But I like having optics on mine. Well. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I, 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 I like that build. I'd prefer having concussion and sensor scramblers because it means he can just get into a position where he can just terrorize someone. Yeah. yeah. So I like both of them, if I'm honest with you. That's just the one I've been playing with at the moment. Okay, I'm just looking at looking at cut, right? They cut to top eight. 
There is no Han Solos in Top 8. The first Han Solo is at 12th. And then there is a hot mess of Han Solos in kind of the 3 and 3 bracket. So it was six days. Uh, it was a six-round Swiss. There's a hot mess of people who've gone 3 and 3 or worse flying Han. Um, although that said... Evolution of the meta, though, aren't you? The, the top cut will be there. It'll have a plan what to do with Han. Yeah, so the, the top finishing Rebel list was somebody called Blue Tricycle. So um, Rebel Salad Seas is Sabine, Ren with Lone Wolf, Bodica with Beskar, Mando Optics, Predator, Luke Skywalker, Battle of Yavin, Hera with Magpulse and Hopeful and Fenrau, uh, Rebel Fen with Beskar, Predator and Crackshot. So you're basically trading Han out for another two different ships. So you're taking away your double shot at I-6 and you're replacing it with a potential double shot at I-4 um, and then Hera doing some token sharing as well. So it's a bit of a homogenization of of a number of different non-Han lists or even actually the pieces that you sometimes see with Han. Take all of the ancillary pieces without Han. Um, similar to what I flew at the Element Store Championships, but different. Um, I didn't have Hera in the A-Wing. I had Keo and Wedge and a few other things. Um, but, I mean, it looks like a very interesting list because it hits hard, it doesn't die easily, um, and it doesn't contain a Falcon. So, I don't know. Um, do you think it is just that people have started to strategize for Han and, or know how to deal with it? Um, or just that they've rejected Han as a as a choice in in Western Canada. I think some people are probably getting bored of it. Some people know people are taking against it. I mean, it's still one of those ships where it is difficult to take against, and you do have to have a full game plan for it. Uh, and I think there may be people who are just seem to be grinding results out against Han, and people know this, so they've opted to take something different or a different variation. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look through the entire event, there isn't a lot of Han anyway. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not prevalent at all in this list. In, so in this just event. going through it, I think the first, the, as in the lowest finishing Han, is fortieth. Yeah, fortieth out of forty-four. But then it's twenty-fifth. Yeah. So that's two, and then we've got 21st, three, four. I think it's five. Five. Yeah. Five hands in a 44-person event. I do genuinely think people are getting bored of it. Uh, yeah, but no resistance falcons either. That's the other thing to say. So there's no raise, no pose. Um, I think there's one scum Lando a little bit further down. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, I mean... What once again, like this is something that always strikes me when we get into the point where we're talking about lists and the meta a lot, is that um you can you can take whatever you want, you can fly whatever you want, but ultimately um there's going to be as many people flying the busted lists and not winning the event and possibly not winning a game or only winning one or two games, um, than there is going to be up towards the top of it. So, you know, just looking at this you know, we can see lists that notionally are incredibly strong that are finished kind of at, at the bottom 
um, you know, the 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 the, the player that went one and five was flying two arcs anakin and, and two n1s which is probably rick and padme or something like that um yeah padme rick anakin wolf and oddball so you know that is an incredibly strong archetype in and of itself because rick's just a, another i5 ace um in that list um you know but then it doesn't matter if you're flying you know what you're taking because you still have to execute against it um i think there's two points i want to make off the back of that one is um if you're playing against a competent hand player then the burden of execution is on you not on them that competent hand player can kind of turn it in and still have a good chance of winning the game and you have to play your socks off in order to to put them in, in order to beat them it's a winnable game but you can't make any mistakes and they possibly have a little bit of wiggle room um kind of the second thing that I wanted to say has just dropped out of my head. No, oh, it's gone. <laughs> It'll be back in a second. Don't worry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm looking down this list, though. So while I'm trying to remember what the second point was, there is a list that came in 14th um, from a player called Roger Roger, who, and it is a seven-ship separatist swarm containing four Roombas and three Vultures, one of which is the Iron Assembler. So hats off to you, Roger, Roger, for going full theme, because you can't get more theme than that in the game at the moment. <laughs> That's amazing. Legendary. I love it. Um, and, and he wasn't even the top finishing Separatist player. There was somebody else who had a Roomba, um, a Slave One, whatever. Zam, Zam DGS 047, a hyena, a, a rogue class dirge, and, uh, and the Iron Assembler, so proper salad. But barrels full of Paul Larue's son. Yeah, that's Jean Luc. Yeah, yeah. He's clearly fed up of winning invites and events with um <laughs> with stuff. He's flown some crazy jank at this one. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, a lot of good stuffs going on there. Um, it's a really interesting seeing the meta evolve. I mean, it does kind of make me wonder: have we like knee jerked against Han too hard? And is it just that, you know, it's almost like it is written, Han is good, so therefore people are going to fly it, where actually there's a lot of stuff that does just outdo Han. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I have just noticed that Luke Pancakes has flown the Listville GC1 Historic Championship with, which is old Terok, Fenrau, and Boba Fett. Why not? Um, and he's done well with it. Just missed out on cut. Um so that was top finishing scum, always worth a mention. Um, but I mean, just looking at this, it is actually apparent that, you know, resistance T70s are still there. There's two of them in the top eight. There's two instances of Republic arcs plus other stuff. Um, there's one First Order. There's two bomber lists. There's two um, Imperial bomber lists. Um, and then there's that one Rebel Salad. So... You know, it, it is the archetypes that we still expect to see. It's just that the one archetype that we think is the strongest is is missing from that. So um, whether those other archetypes are just good against Han, I don't know. Well, what do you think, Ben? You've been you've been out of the game for a bit, but kind of still vaguely paying attention. What's your opinion? I missed it because I nipped for a little wee wee. <laughs> <laughs> and I, never I, change. I came back in afterwards. 
never change. What's your uh, what's your opinion on like kind of the way the meta is going at the minute? Like, because all all I've said was like the top eight here. If you look down it, everything that you expect to see from a top cut is in the top cut. The only thing that's missing is a hand list. I mean, if you it's a it's quite a varied cut, really, isn't it? Let's be honest. You know, I mean, I know. I know we don't particularly like the point. We're a bit bored of the points and everything, but th- there is variety there. And, and you see lists like growing and changing, you know, like the Imperial list. I know it's got the, the bombers in there, but, you know, now it's rack. It used to be like three, uh, a couple of other things, and it dropped down to sort of two, two bombers and or something else. Now it seems like it is evolving. You know, even the um, Republic lists, they all seem to be, uh, drop in the um, Padme because she's hard. <laughs> yeah, she's binary. She's either amazing or crap. Yeah, whenever I've used her, she's been rubbish. Yeah, even if you know how to use yeah. her well, she can still just do nothing, depending yeah. on your opponent's rolls of the dice. So, um, I know we still see a lot of Han um, and Falcons in general, but other factions, I think the other factions are evolving better. Even the rebels are, you know, you're seeing people like the 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 one with the four um, X wings and the A wing. Mm-hmm. They're all like variations on things. Yeah, that's resistance, though. But oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I know. No, I know what you mean. Like the well, I mean the um... resistance. So they've dropped Ray, haven't they? People are dropping Ray and Poe and whatnot. Yeah. So like. But resistance is basically now you take three T-70s and then your last two ships is either and two more T-70s, a T-70 in an A-wing or Zori in a Y-wing and then another T-70 or an A-wing. So you're basically taking three or four T-70s and then an A-wing or a Y-wing or maybe both. Mm. Um, yeah, and I mean, we still see Ray and Poe and stuff around, but people don't seem to take them to events. Um, I mean, they're popular ships, so, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, if you're getting into the game, it, it is kind of what you want to see. Yeah, so let's let's have a look at the store championships that ran on day two. So congratulations once again to Joe Cass and to everybody else who was um, playing at the event. Um, so <laughs> just know that someone's called Knuckle. Yeah, there, there is there is also somebody there called Dog 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 Dog, which is um, <laughs> you know. Yeah, may, maybe enforce something oh. approaching real names. I think um, there's one for Liam here. He's called Toaster Lover. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Dark. Um, it's true. <laughs> I, um, I don't know what you mean about Dark. I was just implying Liam likes toast. He does. He, he likes toasty. down darkness. He's got a portable toasty machine that he brings with him to events so that he yeah, can eat his weird brown food. All his thighs together. It's a microwavable cheese toasty maker, and I'll tell everyone now it will change your life. I've got, I've got two. <laughs> They're amazing. If all you want to eat is brown food, cracker. I know, um, but you can put anything in them, like including, including sausages, Mars bars, exactly. other other brown food. You can have brown food inside your brown food. How good is that? <laughs> that sounds terrible. I like to make like little pizza pockets out of them, with a bit of garlic butter in there as well. Have you have you ever had uh, have you genuinely ever had a Mars bar toasty? Why would I do that to myself? Do you like Mars bars? Yes. Do you like toasties? Yes. So have a Mars bar toasty. Also, no. deep fried Mars bars are totes. 
No, they're not. It's yeah. literally eating lava. Mate, Just... I've, I've had a chippy from where you're from, and you batter your chips. <laughs> yeah, I know, but people batter potato. You've got, like, scallops and everything. You literally Trust me. Try it. Okay, so if, if X-Wing actually ends up being called a complete game and the podcast is going to flip into something else, we can have it named as Rich and Ben try to educate Liam's palate and we'll just we'll just try and convert you into eating like a real human person instead of existing on sausages. Is that okay? Can we do that? Uh, I mean, we can try. I think you'll be butting your head against the brick wall. <laughs> I'll give I think you we take it as a win that I consume my food through my mouth at this point. <laughs> Well, look, I will look, pin I'll, you down and force you to eat something properly. I, I will. I will start you with different flavors of sausages. <laughs> you'll be like, you'll be like, no, I just want cheap ones from Richmond Irish recipe. I want them. I'll be oh, like, you're not having them. You're having these ones that have got flavor in them. Me and my wife fall out over Richmond sausages all the time. Oh, they're vile. I know one of you is wrong. <laughs> my favorite sausage is bratwurst. Okay. That is a brilliant sausage. Should you get the microwave ones from Aldi? So we should no. uh, we should we should upset um we should upset some of our uh, German listeners. I was on a work trip. I was in um Munich or somewhere, and um, being you know British, I was like in a hotel, and they were like, "Yeah, there's a cooked breakfast, whatever." I was like, just went down to do the typical thing of you know eating about four and a half million calories. Yeah. So I went down, I went down and I filled up my plate with the normal stuff and I went along and there was this like this white sausage and I was like, Oh, that looks interesting. White sausage, you know, never had it. Give it a try. Don't know what it is. Did you um, eat the skin? I ate the skin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, it was a, a, a sent to my boss and, you know, in the office later on, I was like, yeah, I had this, had this white sausage. It was a bit weird. Like it was a bit chewy. And she went, did you eat the skin? I was like, yeah. She went, you don't eat the skin of a white sausage. You scrape the meat out for me. So I was like, oh, right. I, I did the same thing when me and Tim were in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Never eat the skin of a white sausage. And, apparently. and why was that eating with a German bloke? And he still didn't tell me. <laughs> He's too busy laughing at the stupid foreigner, wasn't he? <laughs> it was Kevin. <laughs> Basically, oh, wait, wait, Kevin, who's been living in Dublin for the last 10 yeah. years. Oh, he's probably forgotten. I think he just thought, I can't be bothered, let him struggle. <laughs> just let him go. It's not going to poison you. It's fine. It's just, uh, it's not an optimal eating experience. Anyway, let's let's get back to the X-Wing. Um, <laughs> that brief, brief detour. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it on. Liam, you have to try Mars Bar Toasty. Right. Next. No. Okay, fine. I'm not going to force you. You're missing out. What about a cream egg one? So no. there was a um, a forty three player store championship that fired on the Sunday of the um, the British Columbian World Qualifier. Um, so it was won by um, Andros, uh, who I know um, off of the internet. Um, is it is it Andrew Oler? It's Andrew Oler. Yeah. Okay. So and uh, I just didn't want to get the name wrong um so he won using scum and villainy which is amazing um so let's just talk about that for a bit um he's got dr afra in a in a houndstooth and a yv triple six with babu frick overtuned modulators bt1 lando calrissian and the child so loads of mods going on there overtuned modulators plus lando giving you load of fun um with re-rolls loads of tokens and things to spend the child is giving you focus um and uh, basically focus mods if people shoot you great 
I'll have my focus mods back. Um, the Babu Frick allowing you to minimize the impact of that terrible dial um, and any strain that you might get from overtuned modulators if it's going to be an opportunity to have it, a BT1 just to push some crits through. Um, Manaru with Punishing 1, R5PA, overtuned modulators, Gar Saxon and Cutthroat. So Gar Saxon's doing um, free target locks, I think. Um, uh, but other than that, this Manaru does an awful lot of damage. Pushes. Oh no, actually, Gar Saxon's the one that um, allows you to spend a red token. Uh, yeah, so that's right. You can remove a red or orange token from the defender to roll an additional dice to a maximum of four. So that's right. So this Manaru is basically going to chuck out basically a proton torpedo at you if you're if you're strained um, or stressed or whatever. It's like fine. Eat some of this. R5P8 given rerolls, overtuned modulators given focus modifications, and cutthroat getting it all back if somebody dies. Um, Cad Bane throwing out stress at people, weaponized stress. Zuckus as well to make people reroll their dice to make sure that those attacks hit. Sync laser cannons uh, and marksmanship, so all very dirty. And then just round it off with Lee Mackay, your favourite ship, Ben. Or one I know, I love it. Plasma Torps, an R4B11, which is the one that allows you to shoot your own ship. Probably because it's free. While you perform an attack, you may remove... Oh, no, it's not. No, 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 this is one. While you perform an attack, you can remove a red or orange token from the defender to re-roll any number of defence dice. Mm, so... Yeah, so you can take a token off them to reroll their defense dice or force them to reroll their defense dice. Like um, is just such a good value piece. Yeah, just a so plasma torps. Yeah, plasma torps, and you've got a point at her, or she's basically pushing three hits through um, into shielded things every round. Um, double modded as well. Reroll. Yeah, double modded unless you're looking at her. Um, you so you have to you have to send a ship to deal with Lima while everybody else goes and plays with the rest of the list. Um, um rounding out the list with Bosk and a headhunter, um, who can can interestingly dock. <laughs> yeah, because they've got hands yeah, 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 so you can dock Bosk if you wanted to, um, into <laughs> the hands Uh he um, can't because he hasn't got the Nash tap pup. I don't think it says anything about that. I think it just no. says Docker Z95. Yeah, yeah. Houndstooth is just Docker Z95. Nash to Pup is just a cheap Z95 that you can dock. Um, the Nash to Pup one gets the abilities that it comes off, whereas the Bosk doesn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Ignore and, me. And you have to... Um, and you have to deploy via emergency deployment in the Nash to Pup, so you you can't start the game out. But Bosk can start the game out and dock with Afra if he's like one health left. Yeah, secure those points, um, keep him safe if you can. Um, I really like this list. It's doing a lot of interesting and a lot of fun stuff, um, and it's definitely the kind of thing that people will look at and think, "Yeah, I can joust that," and then they realise how wrong they were. Um, when they die. It actually reminds me of a list that um, Johnny Hall flew against me right back at the start of version 2, I think. This is a very Johnny Hall list. Yeah. 
maybe not exactly this, but it had that kind of that Dr. Afra, but it might not have been Afra, it might have been somebody else. I mean, we're forgetting about Afra's pilot ability, which is um, before you engage, you can spend a green token and a charge. And if you do, you choose a, ra a ship at range zero to one that is not stressed and they gain a stress. So um, you're then got BT1, which um, means that you've got a hit to crit mod um, for that stress token that you've put onto somebody before you shoot at them. You've got tons of tokens because you've got overtune modulators, so you're not worried about spending them. So you're basically doing an absolute banger um, and you're doing that at I3. Um, and yeah, then after that, Manaru shoots with Gar Saxon and removes the stress for that fourth one. So it all just like cascades. If you don't engage this right, if you're not careful with how you engage this and how you turn zero, it, it can just rinse you. And uh, Andrew's clearly a very accomplished player. Um, he's won a lot of stuff in the past, so um, he's not going to fly it wrong. Um, and obviously, he's uh, he's done really well. Not well enough on the Saturday to not have the chance to fly it because he was in cut, but, you know, well enough on the Sunday. So well done, Andrew. GG. Um, Second, star, but with an SCHD, um, flying resistance. So uh, he went, uh, he went four one as well. He actually lost out on um, strength of schedule by the looks of it. Uh, four wins, one draw. Lost out on strength of schedule against Andrew. Uh, so resistance three T seventies, uh, Lulu and uh, Zuri Bliss. Um, and then Andrew's brother Alex came third um, with 4070s Lulo. And then we've got Han, Han in fourth and fifth. Um, and so it goes on. Um, but uh, yeah, a little bit, little bit of variety at the top there. So well done, Andrew. All is not lost for Scum. Scum fans, get on it. Anything else on that that jumps out at you guys? I mm, don't think so. I wish there was. I mean, I'm looking down it and it looks a lot more like what I would have expected the world's qualifier to look like at the top end. I mean, there is a triple ghost at, say, 11. Oh, hero time. <laughs> Chopper, Callis, and Kane and Jarrus. Oh, Nutano. I mean, some games that's just going to open people up, isn't it? They've all got veteran turret gunner. They've all got a dorsal turret on it. Yeah. Those big, horrible four-dice front guns followed up by loads of other stuff with all of the nonsense. I mean, there's you've got Ursa Ren, you've got Bo-Katan, you've got Magva Yarrow, you've got the Child, you've got all sorts of stuff going on there. Um, and let's not forget that if you're shooting anybody that isn't Kane and Jarrus, he's reducing your dice by one to make Chopper and Callus just live for longer. So... You're all very disgusting. Congratulations for successfully navigating an entire tournament with three ghosts, though. Wonder how many times he actually had all three of them on pegs on the table. And <laughs> answer, never. <laughs> um, okay, that's um, that. That's uh, the Western Canadian Store Open Championship, uh, Open Store Championship. So, uh, well done again to Andrew for uh, bringing home the win on that one. Um, so the other one that we've got to um, talk about, oh, there's two actually we need to talk about. Um, we've got Cornish Nationals. So um, this was run by Tin Squadron uh, down in 
the south somewhere. Truro, apparently, in Table Shop Workshop, which looked like a really cool venue from some of the pictures. Um, it had a really neat, um, like, kind of decorated like a castle kind of vibe. Um, like they said, all the rooms were differently themed and stuff. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, it did look cool. Um, so, congratulations to Chris Burnett for winning. Um, he used Han with Luke, Gavin Darklighter in an E-Wing and Keo Venzi. So what does Han need? What do you give the boy who's got everything? How's about free crits <laughs> when you shoot at stuff? And two sets of double-modded proton torpedoes. So yeah, this event was extended um, quite deliberately. So um, And we'll come to uh, some of the stuff that, it, that, that came out of that. But yeah, Chris has won with an E-Wing, which are always good ships. Mm-hmm. Um, that amazing kind of chassis, and, and that then, um, chassis built-in ability in it—it's just crazy. Yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I'm going to put target locks on two of your ships, and if you come anywhere near me, they're eating a proton torpedo. That's, that's just that's matter. just going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's extra crits on everybody shooting at things because that's his ability, and it's really good. Um, so yeah. Um, I like that. Um, I just want to very briefly mention Mark Smith, who was top of Swiss. Um, so he flew Venny, which you all know is basically my favourite ship in the game, but we can't use it anymore. Pour one out because they've wrecked her. Um, absolutely annihilated loadout and all of the cool stuff we used to be able to do, we can't do anymore. But what Mark's done is he's turned Venny just into a gunship. Um, so we've lost pattern analyzer, so there's none of the weird stopping and still getting loads of focuses, and there's none of the cool three-bank stuff and seismics and trajectory simulators and all that stuff. What we do have is perceptive co-pilot, veteran turret gunner, an agile gunner, ion bombs, and an electronic baffle to help to deal with that stress. You've also got an M9G8 toting Eloasti who's going to be locking that Venny so that those veteran turret gunner double taps are double modded. You've got Poe and a Falcon with Ray as gunner and trick shot and also swarm tactics. And then you've got Chorus Capellum, who is the I-1 Y-Wing, who, when he engages, steals green tokens off targets in range one. So you've got Poe flying along with Chorus beside him, swarm tactics, Chorus up, he steals tokens. Then he double taps the thing. Poe shoots the thing. Chorus shoots the thing. Um, Eloasti is just rooting around at the back, just absolutely grand, being an I-5 X-Wing um, and just trying his best not to look like a target, I guess. Um, I love this list. Genuinely love it. Um, and he's gone 4-0 in Swiss, um, gone through the cut, um, but lost out to... I think he lost out to Chris on the uh, on the cut rounds. Let me just check. Yeah, uh, cut round one. Yeah. Uh, oh, no, no, he lost out to Sean. Um, so Sean Oakley beat him in top cut. Um, Chris beat Rich Green away um, in top cut. And then Chris beat Sean. So it was this big tin off on the final table. Um, I mean, if you're going to play extended, you might as well go all in and use some absolute nonsense rather than just using an existing list. Um, 
or tweak a list that was already good and make it better. Um, and a brief mention for a friend of the podcast, Ryan Coyle, who has made our trophy for the Sith Taker Open, um, who managed to snag his invite. Um, so he came fifth in Swiss and uh, the invite passed down to him. So congratulations to to Ryan for getting his invite. Uh, he's been working hard to get one. So um, he used a traditional, I say he used a traditional hand list. He didn't. He has Han, Lando, Wedge and Keo. So very much not traditional at all. Um, bit of stuff like K2SO. Liking it. It's all good. Cool. Cornish Nationals, what do you think then? What do you think this extended event has brought us? I'm still uh, a big fan of extended, I don't think. Like, I like extended, but it feels like the only factions that really profit from the additional things are Scum Imperials and Rebels. Uh, because I don't think anyone in their right mind would take an Upsilon anymore. Oh, yeah, they're. Terrible. Didn't you fly one, Rich? I did, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> I just wanted to point that out. <laughs> yeah, oh, genuinely terrible. Um, I remember being terrified of them when Jason Denton used to fly them around. Um, and then after a while, I was just like, but any, literally anything can get behind it and just kill it. That, like, I do not remember you... that short period of time when three of them was terrifying. Yeah, yeah, I do. One of the best things FFG ever did was, um, was nuking that out. Um, yeah, I think it's it, like, as you say, extended is a bit weird because most of the good stuff isn't in extended. There's nothing broken that lives in extended um, that you can't use. I mean, one player um, has finished, uh, used scum and has taken um, Guri to seventh with Sabine Wren and a Lancer. So kind of gone fully into the scum and villainy side of it. Um, but, you know, that was um, Commander Blazinger, like in the tag. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than the fact that Guri's a bit nerfed because you can't take advanced sensors um, on her anymore because um, they still had the ban list in effect, even though it was extended. It's, uh, yeah, Guri's like one of the more interesting pieces in extended, but, you know, then there was also a bunch of people who didn't do so well with scum at the event. And I'm sad no one took Tarani and Justero. I mean, there's some there's some robots that all finished 0 and 4 or 1 and 3. Uh, <laughs> you know, for um, everybody who looked at, I'm actually just looking. Uh, Somebody actually used almost the same list as won the Canadian Store Championship with Dr. Afra, but um, went one and three. So clearly, it's not a it's not a put it on the table and win thing. But yeah, we had a lot of IGs um, that didn't do so well, um, and a, a lot of other mixture of stuff that you know did all right. So well, anyway, that's the Cornish National Store Championship. Now, there was another one in Australia, which I've just remembered about. And it was won by Nobby, who's um, a friend of us and a friend of the podcast. Um, So it was the store championship for the Onyx Squadron. Um, Nobby won it. There was a hilarious story, which basically, I think two of them 
were on like enough wins to get the invites that they both wanted because I think they had two invites rattling around at, at this one. Um, and I think Nobby offered the other guy a, an intentional draw on final table because he was like, it was something to do with making sure the invites got to the right people, I think. And he said, look, you've got better strength of schedule. You'll probably win the event here. Um, so should we just ID and have a beer and, you know, chill out? And then he said, okay. And they won. They played out the final round. And then with the way that the results landed, um, Nobby's strength of schedule jumped for, leapfrogged over Tim's. Um, <gasps> so... Tim didn't win the event, came second and was raging. He still had an invite, so it's fine, but um, he didn't win the event. And he was like, but apparently they'd played the matchup the week before and Nobby had won, like absolutely smashed him. So he was like, it was a proper uphill. So I think he saw it as a as an avenue to getting a win. But yeah. Tale of the tape, don't intentional draw kids. Or do drugs, whatever. It's the same thing. I'm not allowed don't, anymore. I get tested. Don't inter- don't intentional draw and do drugs. Message from Rich Polly. <laughs> um, so yeah, well done, Nobby. Well, I, I can't find a um, a list for this, but I'm sure that Nobby or Jeff or somebody that listens to the podcast will send me a link when, and so we'll have a squeeze through the the lists next week um, if there's anything interesting on there. But I know that Nobby did win with um, Hondo, no Hondo on Poe Dameron in the Falcon, so. He was jamming people at I six for fun and profit. So it's um yeah. Any list with Honda in it is a good list to be honest with you. It's it's worth having a worth having a bit of a chat about. So we'll see if we can find it and, and talk through it for next time. But it's basically a fairly standard resistance Poe Falcon list, but with Hondo instead of some of the other upgrades. Um so yeah, gotta like it. Um, I'll just see if I can find it quickly. Somebody do some filler talking. Liam, ask a hilarious question to the French about why they don't have French words for French words or something. Uh, actually, no, I've got a genuine question. Go why is it called Cornish Nationals when they're a county and that's all they'll ever be? <laughs> We've just lost 17 listeners, all the X-Wing players in Cornwall. They're all I mean, best. let's be honest, half of them don't have an internet connection or radio signal down there. And also, what's the difference between a pancake and an oat cake? I've looked at a picture of an oat cake and I don't trust it. Oat cake's nothing like a pancake, you weirdo. Someone told me it was like a pancake. It's totally not. Not even a little bit. They don't even look similar. I can't take you seriously sometimes. I don't know what's wrong with you. I'm genuinely surprised, Liam, that you don't know the difference between certain types of brown food. Um, uh, no, so it's, it's it's not like the hard oat cakes. It's like the stoky oat cake. It's do you different. sometimes do you sometimes get surprised when you go to eat something you think it's a bit of potato and it turns out that it's sausage and you're like, oh, it turns out to be a chicken nugget instead. Uh, that's that's a happy surprise. That is rich. <laughs> right, I've, put, um, I've put a link up. I've put a link up in. Um... And he just ordered a, a sharing platter of chicken goujons. It's like a starter meal, but he just had that as his main and he just chomped that down. Sounds good. 
Um, I've, I've put a link up to the Australian Store Championships in chat, by the way. So, um, yeah, Nobby won with um, Temin Elo Nienum, and then Poe with Trickshot Hondo Engine Upgrade, Ray Gunner, um, and Ray Falcon title. So, strip all of the ancillary stuff that you sometimes put on Poe and just shove Hondo on there. You've still got decent mods with Ray Gunner. Um, so if you get to do jamming and uh, coordinating, why not? You can do. Um, he's Have also you got seen the list not be faced round one. Um, yeah, Darth Vader and seven, seven tie fighters. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's pretty cool. I actually want to go back to the thing and see how that Darth Vader and seven tie fighters did. There was actually two instances of that list. Um, and they both finished like a lot of ships for your money there yeah they both finished on two wins uh, one with a draw uh, well one got two wins two draws one loss I think I think that's the order yeah two wins two draws one loss one got two wins one draw and two losses so um, maybe something there maybe something there Uh, so there was 33 players at um, at this Onyx one Onyx store champ Um, so the logic dump yeah um Novi just leapfrogged him. He had um, the two decimators, Rack and... F- uh, sorry, not two decimators. He had Rack and a decimator. He had Feroff and a Reaper with Ruthless and Triple Zero. And then the three bombers. So Tomax, Bren, Deathfire, and Major Rhymer with Saturation, Salvo, Barrage, Rockets, and Ion Bombs. Um, I think he's taken the standard loadout or the starter pack loadout, Tomax and Deathfire. So they've got that true grit, Ion Bombs, Plasma Torps, Connernets, stuff going on um so yeah both incredibly good lists um that i quite like the look of to be honest with you um but yeah hilarious story um in third place was khan um actor the villain apparently khan um so he came in these were the guys who got four four wins and one loss and didn't get to top two because of um, aforementioned intentional draw. Um, but he was flying um, separatists. So he has um, Zam Vessel, DGS 47 in a in a Roomba with Hondo and and stabilizers. Uh, General Grievous um, with Afterburners in Pervium 1. Marksmanship, uh, Solus 1. And then Dirge with Proton Bombs, Proton Cannons and Marksmanship. So quite a lot of um, filth going on in in that list as well there's a a lot of nastiness happening in that uh notorious double tapping zam wessels (laughs) where yeah well zam used to be it was fine like don't be afraid of the double tap because it's probably unmodded and now he's got a notorious so you shoot him he notorious as you and then double taps you so yeah it's nasty nasty with perceptive co-pilot as well all sorts of things going on there um Actor builds rude lists, so that's the thing we've got to remember. So, um, so yeah. Um, oh, actually, just spotted something in fifth place. Casey, um, a dash, a dash in the wild, and not doing terribly. So, dash, battle of Yavin Luke, Sabine Wren in a Tie Fighter, and Chopper in a Ghost. So. You are trading. So this is basically the list that Dale and a few other people used, but trading Han out for Dash. Right? Yes. Yeah. 
So building a dash with trick shot, magva yarrow, rigged cargo shoot, contraband cybernetics, ablative plating an outrider. Makes him old dash for like two turns. Yep, which is all you need really. Um, and tries to say to you, if you're going to shoot me, then this four dice attack is going to be double modded. Or potentially five dice attack is going to be double modded with a duke on it if you've got a trick shot going on. Um, so don't shoot at me and shoot at those things over there instead while I float around throwing out four dice bangers at you. Yeah. Seems pretty good. Oh, I got him, by the way. I had because it was my birthday the other week. Um, one arrived <laughs> in the post. I was like, I'm not spending my own money on that, but if my brother wants to spend his money on it and send it me, that's fine. So I've got the box sitting next to me. I genuinely haven't opened the front bit. I've opened the back and taken the two cards. <laughs> I'm like, that's all I need. <laughs> oh, it makes me makes me sad knowing that they're going to be looking at the um, volume sales of that unit and going, why is nobody buying things? It's because like, we already own it. Oh, sad face. Right. Okay. Um, so that's Australia. So well done, Nobby. Um, it always impresses me that they play upside down. Yeah. How do they stop the ships from falling off the you table? Have to say it. We can't talk about Australia and not say it. It's no fun. Yeah, it's... they also play in the future, which is unfair because they know what's going to happen before you do. <laughs> um. All right, we're going to talk about something now. Um, I did some maths today, which is a bit of a struggle, but I managed it. So I was thinking, because, right, we're going to Worlds, me and Tim are definitely going to Worlds, and, and Liam might be, Ben might be, other people definitely are. Um, neither Tim nor I, at the time of recording, have got a uh, Worlds qualifier invite thing. Um, for various reasons, mostly to do with sucking at the events that we've, well, that I've gone to that have they've had them on the uh, on the table, or even when I did well, just not doing quite well enough. So um, I was think, kind of thinking, it's fine because I'm going to go over. They've said there's going to be a last chance qualifier. It'll be okay. I'll get to go. Now. I'll get to play. Right? There's no, but there've been no announcements about this, so this is all speculative. But I thought to myself, back of a fag packet, how yeah. many invites? have been out in the wild right so that i can find on roll better there have been 118 store championships in america right we know that there are more to come we know that some stores got more than one and we found out this week that a store is using a world's invite as first prize for a league that it is going to be running for the local players. So rather than running a store championship, they're running a short league, and then the winner of the league is going to is going to take the invite, um, which is nice. You know, we know that some of them got three. We know that one which of the players the had them on the. Um, which is nice. Well, I can hear myself back. What what went on there? I don't know. I think Ben got confused. Okay. Um, so we also know that some stores in um, in America had multiples and had them on the shelf um, and were actually selling them um, before they realized what they were. Um, so... Uh, 
right. Um, so anyway, 118 store championships. There have been 56 UK invites handed out across 48 store championships and two world's qualifiers. There have been another 32 invites handed out in the United States across their world's qualifiers. Um, and then from information that we've had about how um, Asmodee went around allocating kits out to uh, different countries and different areas, we think that each other country has probably got either 12 or 24 store championships that they've managed to have. So that's, you, you talk about Poland, Germany, France, Spain. Managed to have uh, places, like, Spain. places like that as well. So um, really, like, kind of counted them up and then I thought about what was going on and I thought there's probably somewhere in the region of about 200 to 250 invites out there already. Um, so that's like Worlds was 128 people. So my brain has just kind of gone, oh, so even if there is a world's, even if there is a last chance qualifier, how many people are going to get from the last chance qualifier into the actual world's event? If this is going to be the last world's, lots of people are going to want to go. Is it going to be the last world's? We don't know. Again, speculation. Um, but lots of people are going to want to go. Um, do you know, but you're talking about how big is world's going to be? Like, how big I was mean, it last year? It was 128 worlds last year, wasn't it? Yes, but they could open that up. But they could. But Adepticon has got a fixed amount of gaming space. AMG will have some of that gaming space, some part of it, absolutely. But they've also, as Tim's just put in chat, announced Marvel Crisis Protocol has a new OP. So they're going to be maining that. They're going to be having a whole load of stuff out there for Shatterpoint because they've still been trying to push people to buy that even if they don't have OP for it. They're also still going to have Armada and they're still going to have Legion, which take up a lot of space. I can't see the X-Wing world space being bigger this year than it was last year, um, which does make me wonder, that is there actually going to be a last chance qualifier? Um, or are they going to kind of go out to people with invites and say, right, you've got invites, tell us if you're intending to actually travel. And then people who are going to travel will say, you know, yeah, all 300 of us are coming. There's 300 invites and we're all going to be there. And they just go, oh, no, because now what we need to do is we need to run two flights of Swiss. We need to do this differently. You know, there's probably ways that they can do it. They have said that they are going to try and do a last chance qualifier, but there's nothing being committed to. The other thing, of course, is, you know, actually doing the fastest finger first to buy tickets. Never mind getting a ticket for Adepticon. We're actually getting a ticket to go and play X-Wing and then getting into the last chance qualifier if it happens. Man, my, my brain is just whirring with concern that... I'm going to travel all the way to Chicago to play X-Wing with my mates and with people that have met online and stuff, and that I'm going to end up just sitting off to one side looking at people painting space marines and feeling grumpy while being fed alcohol by people who feel sorry for me, which, you know, has its upsides. But I mean, there's not, not much for you guys to input to that other than go, oh, I'm sure it'll be fine in a in a kind of 
placating kind of a you'll buy, be all right. Buy a blood bowl ticket just in case, which is what I'll probably do. Yeah, uh, so I had, I had a look. <laughs> they do they do run a a casual blood bowl event um, at Adepticon um, with weird side rules and stuff. So I will go. I will one. buy stuff. Yeah, no, it is competitive, but it's not one of the the big one. It's not one of the big ones from the Blood Bowl calendar. It's a, uh, um, okay. and they I, run it on. I thought it was a fairly big ones. one last year, as as in. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, it's it's big. Lots of people play it, but it's not one. There's like four big ones on the Blood Bowl calendar, and it's not one of them. Um, there's like, I I can't remember what they are, but and and I could be wrong. I I might have misread it, but I kind of read the rules and was like, oh, these are all a bit janky and weird, and there's a lot of like custom stuff and weird additions and different rules and weird rules and changes and additions and stuff. So it's not like core rules. It's very Blood Bowl because they kind of say, no, this is being played in this location. So anyway. It's all a bit different, but yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at, al- at alternative options. So, um, but that all said, in the meantime, between now and now and worlds, I have decided that I'm going basically going to start running try hard meta level competitive lists over and over and over again, and whittle something down into a. Um, this is the thing that I'm going to try and take through worlds with me. So, can you do um, me a favor? What? Don't change loads of things in it, please. I'm not gonna. No, I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I've actually decided. You're not gonna poly it. No. <laughs> I'm. I'm basically trying to decide what variation of rebel nonsense I'm going to be taking. Um, the only thing that might swing me around is something um, resistance, but I'm going to basically make a decision in the next four weeks and then just run for the next kind of three months. Um, including at the going... STO open, I have decided I'm playing the STO. You are going to be a broken man when a month and a half before they release points. <laughs> if they do, if they do that, I will just cry. L- literally, I will just cry because I won't be able to cope with it because it happened to me before the um, UK Games Expo and it broke me. So I, d- I don't know what I'll do if that happens. Like I genuinely don't know what I'll do. I will probably just break down in the corner. Um, <laughs> Just sell all my no, things. Can I watch? I'll just put that. No, I'm out. Sell up. It's done. Uh, no, no to, to be honest, I will. I'll just. Uh, I'll just actually listen to people like Ollie, um, Louis, who, who, uh, or um, Dave, list building, and just kind of say, you know, last time you called it really quickly, you called it and repped in good lists, and I didn't believe you and flew something different and did badly. So I'm just going to listen. And I'm going to believe you. Um, and just kind of try not try and think of myself as some kind of list architect because I'm not, um, but actually listen to people who build good lists. So, yeah. Anyway, enough of that bit of misery, bit of numbers. Um, I just wish that there was more of a plan and better communication back to the theme, um, better better communication about what's happening um, with Worlds because, you know, if we're sinking the best part of a thousand pound and there's it's not just myself and Tim. There's four, at least, people from the Sith Takers who have basically said we want to go to Worlds and we want to go and play. Um, and we're going without invites. Um, and we've already booked hotel and flights. So, you know, we we just now are in a state where we just don't know what's going to happen. So Communication could be better. Definitely. Yeah. 
all the it time. feels like AMG is like just a, a 10 person studio, but like nine of those people are just secretly meerkats in a long coat. <laughs> so like we know, and we've been told from multiple different sources, so we're not leaking anything here, that when AMG was handed the Star Wars games from FFG by Asmodee, they were a five person studio who made MCP and that was it. Um, and then they got handed um, enough resource to put one person on it, which was Plummer. Um, and that was it. So basically somebody quite inexperienced in terms of game design um, took over um, what is quite a high value IP. But I mean, the other thing is that with basically Star Wars has run out. We've run out, leaving aside the ships that we talked about a few weeks ago when Sam was on. Star Wars has has like it's run out of of ships that people want to put in and want to buy. Right? You know, you can't say, "Oh, we're going to release the Millennium Falcon," and everybody go, "Oh, amazing Millennium Falcon!" It hasn't got that upsurge anymore. You know. The stuff that they sell, the, the, you know, the stuff that they're making and putting on shelves, we're not buying. Like, I haven't bought Clone Z95s. I haven't bought um, the starter packs. I haven't bought a bomber. There's a load of the recent stuff that I just haven't bought because it's uninspiring. Um, so, yeah, Tim's Tim's throwing shade in chat, by the way, which is why I keep pausing slightly because he's he's been mean to me. If we've run out of ships, other than the ships that we've discussed, which we haven't made yet, so um, yeah, thanks, <laughs> thanks for the gifts, Tim. Um, so it's uh, <laughs> it, he might not be able he might not be able to communicate without coughing, but he can he can, he can still. Um, just annihilate us in text chat where nobody else can see it except for a handful of people. <laughs> I mean, it, it is true. It's like we've got no food if you discount all the food. So, like, what I'm trying to say is that the iconics, like, there was a huge. Okay, so things that we know in inverted commas as like urban myth is that there was a huge surge of X-wing popularity when it first came out. It was out selling 40k. First edition X-Wing was more popular than 40K for a long time. But there's only so many X-Wings you want to buy. There's only so many TIE Fighters you want to buy. Those movie ships, those really, really iconic ships that people who don't get deep into the Star Wars lore and don't watch Disney Plus shows would recognize, they've all gone. They've, they've been done, right? Now, the most iconic ship that you can hope for is... Mando's N1 because it looks a bit like the ones from one of the movies that people probably haven't seen or maybe a snow speeder we've not had that yet you know there's there's stuff that they could do but they're not doing so it's just like I don't know I like it just feels like we're we are coming to the end of a version and that if AMG want Star Wars X-Wing to become a really profitable thing they need to do what games workshop have done with 40k multiple times which is to re-release it but change the scale or change something about the models make them different in some way add something that they have to have that only the new ones have got because otherwise you're not going to go and buy the next set that's got a whole bunch of new things in it 
unless you have to. Like, you know, if you change the scale from 28 mil to 35 mil or from 35 mil to 40 mil, then fine, you go and buy it if you want to stay it. And you might lose a load of players, but you might get a whole bunch of new players because the, the I guess the final point to this is that they've made a bunch of changes to the game to make it, or, or purportedly to make it more welcoming for new people so that they can play the game more easily, make it more accessible to new players. But there's not a lot of stuff out there that new players can buy that will get them into the game. So you buy a faction starter set, it's okay. It's got a lot of the stuff in it, that's cool. But then you still can't get a lot of other stuff. It's very expensive then to buy in unless you go aftermarket. So like, there's also nothing to pull new players into the game system, if that makes sense. Like, so even if they did want to get in, there's nothing really like driving new players into the game. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say like, I hope it. I hope that there's something that they're going to announce at Adepticon that's going to be legendary. Either that, or you know, we're going to get points, or Endor's going to get dropped, which they spoiled last year, or something gunboats which they spoiled last year as well um, but we haven't seen anything of but yeah anyway any of you want to say something on that i'll, I'll chip in quickly just because obviously i've been obviously having a few digs at you with the gifts and stuff but... <laughs> digs pun intended yeah um <laughs> so like i mean that is one one thing games workshop games workshop does very well from a kind of competitive point of view is they they make players chase the meta and that's one thing that I did actually dislike because um, I, I couldn't afford to spend thousands of pounds on new armies all the time to keep chasing and up, to, you know, buying the new hot army. But that's what points changes could do: is if you are suddenly changing what is good, and I'm, I don't mean like a few points here, a few points there. Like I mean sweeping changes. Suddenly generics become viable again, or something like that. You know, you're suddenly forcing people to like really think about you know list changing and 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 maybe maybe going out and buying now all right we might get a you know people still buying from the second hand market and stuff like that which is unfortunately what you know was created with 2.0 and then 2.5 with people leaving and setting up collections um but yeah the only other way you change it is perhaps do you change the scale of the games like you've you know you mentioned about scale of the models we've we've talked about again but you know I mean, do you somehow change that? You know, we've got a squadron mechanic for Epic. So do you have generics that fly in squadrons and then aces that fly independently or something like that? I don't know. Um, you know, the, the, yeah, there could be other ways. That, I mean, but, you know, why doesn't every faction get like a brand new ship or something like that and then suddenly make that ship stupidly good in the points and stuff? And then three to six months later, new points come out and that ship's not so good and you sort of rotate it around and... It, yeah it's there's it's, you know pros and cons you know you could you could change the you know the point system to make um you know change you know what ships we go for um one thing i have thought about like apparently there's like a lot of certain stock uh stuck in warehouses that's just not selling like crack them open redesign some new cards stick them in the boxes repackage them and all right you'll make a small loss on the repackaging process but you could potentially sell that dead stock for you know more money by putting new cards in it, and, you know, changing it. 
Yeah, or stick it on a pallet at the next UK Games Expo and sell them for 50p like they did at the end of version one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one way to do it. I mean, like, you know, you know, like, for example, like, you know, we've we've had the new starter sets uh, come out. Now, the new starter sets haven't been that appealing to existing players because we've got most of the cards and we've got all the ships. It's just a few of the new standard loadout cards that are slightly different. Um, but what happened if each of those starter sets had a new ship that didn't exist? Then everybody would go and buy one because they want that new ship. If that, especially if that was the only way you got that ship. And you know, if you have, I don't know, a mountain of Thai bombers somewhere, or a mountain of X wings somewhere, and a mountain of, you know, whatever Tie fighters or T seventy sat somewhere, like you put those into your starter sets. But then you put that new ship that no one's seen. And then suddenly you you can try and shift all that stock. I mean, there is a cost to it. Don't get yeah. me wrong, but no. yeah, I mean, I I get I get like the point that you you made at the at the start, which is you know you put one of those ships in, you make it incredibly good in the meta, you make it very cheap, everybody buys it. Let's call it the Eldar principle. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand what Forty K did recently; they relaunched Eldar, made them crazy good. Everybody bought back into Eldar, and then six months later, they w- rolled out the nerf bat. Um, said, oh, we've brought them in a bit too good. Let's make them a bit worse. Um, I mean, the thing is, it, it comes down to resource availability. Um, you know, AMG have already said that they don't want to be locking themselves into a regular point cycle, that they'll change things if they feel that they need changing. Um, and, and, I, and I get that. But if yeah. it's just a case, if your business model suddenly says, well, we want to do this to cycle through new product to get that selling and all it needs you to do is write a new pdf every six months with with some points changes i mean i don't think that seems like a huge amount of effort especially pay pay me 40k a year and i'll do it well i mean i i yeah this is it it's all very easy for us to sit here and say this but um yeah yeah it's so it's it's a difficult thing um because ultimately as as hobbyists we see we know the stuff that we want to to see right um so you know we want to see um new content we want to see it regularly curated that's all got a um a capability and capacity he says using work words um but that's got that's got stuff that amg need to be able to to do and need to have the will to do. And they also have commercial pressures where they actually have to sell product. Because if they make, I don't know, 3,000 units of a thing, um, because that's how many they think they're going to sell based on whatever, wherever they get their information from, and only 400 actually get bought, and they've got 2,500 units sitting in a warehouse somewhere, they look at that and go, well, that's not been profitable. So the next time we make something, that same thing's going to happen. The, so The problem is, though, you have to do some analysis. I mean, you don't have to, but surely you need to think, you need to try and understand why that's not sold. Yeah. And and that's it. Like, if, if the reason you're not doing any more core sets is because you're not happy with the way the Rebel and Imperials, you know, have sold, then reach out to the community and... Yeah, you could do it discreetly. You could, you know, speak, speak to certain individuals you trust or whatever, and try and gauge why they didn't sell. 
I mean, I don't, I don't know how they sold. Um, you know, whether or not you know they were over under, you know, expectation. I imagine under, but I don't know. Um, I mean, I did try and get one from Element, and they had sold out. So, um, yeah, it's 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 hard to tell what what is what is working, what's not working. Yeah, and I think this is the. Um this is the thing like we don't know about their commercial numbers we don't know what their method is but like well one of the things we know that happened about store kits for example is that they went out to the stores pre-worlds and said if op was going to happen would you be interested and a bunch of stores said yes and so they got some kits and they sent them out to the uk and then when they arrived out in the stores that had ordered them um, it was post-Worlds and there was a huge amount of hype and a bunch of other stores were like, well, we want one, why did we not get one? This isn't fair, we don't want one. And they said, well, you didn't ask for one. So they script around, they find some more um, some more invites. If they do ships on that same kind of model where they say, you know, we're going to make, I don't know, Mando's M1, um, you've got two weeks to tell us how many you want to order. And then they actually almost do like a print to order thing where they say to shops, you know, what's your order number? The shop says, we want 20 because we've got 18 pre-orders and we'll put two on on shelf. So then they get sent 20 because 20 get printed for them um, or created for them, however they do, however they do it. Because then you don't end up with the dead stock, but you end up with smaller runs. The problem with that then is that you end up with new players not able to get access to ships because the only way to get it is to be in when the pre-order happens or to have a store that's big enough to carry stock. So we're lucky. We've said this multiple times. Element's big enough that it'll carry stock of everything because it's got a big web store. But a lot of people and a lot of friendly local gaming stores don't have the shelf space to carry X-Wing because it takes up too much room on the shelf. You know, you can get 20 grand's worth of profit a month out of one box of Magic the Gathering cards that takes up about six inches square. To get that much profit out of X-Wing in a month, you would need to basically fill a warehouse with it and sell it constantly. Um, so, you know, there's a there's like a, a bunch of different factors, I think, that roll into what's going on with X-Wing at the moment. And I don't know what the solution is. I'm not clever enough to try and figure out a solution. And even if I did figure one out, I don't have the ego to think that I could push it in. Um, but yeah, it's it's complicated um, as to why um, as to why it's not shifting, as to why the the player numbers have dropped off. There's so many different factors, um, and I think it begins and ends with business decisions that are being made by I think probably Asmodee. I don't even think it's this is these are AMG decisions. I think Asmodee are making business decisions. Um, and AMG are trying their best, which is frustrating for us because we just see them not doing the stuff that we would expect them to do. Because you know we're used to playing a game that's been run by FFG with a you know group of like thirty something people working on X-wing. Um, we're expecting more from AMG than they're able to give, um, but they're not being honest um, or open. Probably is a better word than honest, and um, they're not being open about what they can and can't do. Um, so yeah, as I said, complicated commercial nonsense. I'm sure that some people know some more than we do, but, um, sadly, um, we just 
get to sit here on a Monday night and make stuff up as we go along. Bit of waffling on. Let's go. Right. That's enough of that anyway. Unless anybody else wants to chip in with anything. No. Nah. Saddened you all into sadness. Excellent. <laughs> Correct. I mean, I like just just wrapping it up. I genuinely hope, from the very bottom of my heart, with all the depth of my being, that X Wing continues to thrive. As as AMG said a couple of years ago when they first launched two point five, they want it to thrive, not survive. And I really genuinely hope that X Wing thrives. I just want to see how they're going to do that. Um, and if I have to wait to Adepticon to see what happens, if we get nothing between now and Adepticon, which is now three and a half months away, um, so it is close or, or, or getting closer, um, then, you know, we have to wait. We go there, we see what's happening. And hey, positive note, if I don't get a ticket for the last chance qualifier to play an X-Wing, I'll get to sit in all the panels and uh, do live updates onto the Facebook page. So there you go. Have a bit of fun with that. Right. Should we talk about briefly XTC? Because we said this was going to be a short one and we've run for an hour and a quarter, mostly of me bemoaning <laughs> things. Um, yeah, you've been been on your old solilo- soliloquy again, haven't you? The, I'm sorry, everybody. Genuinely sorry, but um, <laughs> this was, this was in my ruined head. My, uh, you've just ruined my first podcast back. I'll be proud of yourself. <laughs> I am. I am proud of me. I wouldn't be proud of you. Oh, <laughs> right. Um, so um, we're looking at Longshanks for the um, for the XTC. Uh, we've got um, Group B Ireland. Um, it was swinging and in the balance. Um, I'm happy to report that Ireland have, I think, now probably qualified. Um, so we beat Hellas, um, so Greece, um, last week. We've not quite finished that round out. We've got a couple of games left to play, um, but we're we're three nil up. Um, so we've won the round, and we've already started our final round into Wales, and we're one nil up against against them as well. So um, I think the only way that we could not qualify is with Wales beat us five nil. And we lost. Uh, we beat. If, sorry, if we beat Greece three two, and we lost five nil to Wales, then we wouldn't have qualified. But because we've already taken one win off Wales and we've got three nil against Greece, then um, I think we're guaranteed to qualify now. He says with slight hesitation, thinking that if Greece win the last two and Wales beat us four one, that is closer than I'd like it to be. But um, yeah, so it's probably going to be us in Colombia coming out of group. B, which is, I'll be honest, the most boring of them um, because all of the other ones are much, much, much more exciting. Um, Tim, what's going on in Team England at the minute? Well, so the final round was always going to be England qualifies if Australia win or, or, or England win. And currently I lost the first game versus Hungary and uh actor khan uh i think put a nice something about a nice relaxing last round and australia are currently trailing brazil uh one to two so uh we either need australia to win or i mean bear in mind we still got four games to play um so we've got some good matchups so as long as we can get all we need is a three two 
or a win. We don't need it. it doesn't need to be a pretty win. And then we go through in second um, because it doesn't actually matter if you finish first or second. So yeah. But at the moment, it looks looks very tight. I mean, I suppose the other thing is if it's on individual wins as well. I mean, I suppose Brazil probably would still get it, wouldn't they? Yeah. Don't know. I mean, Australia should still beat um, Brazil. They, I mean, he say he's having a relaxing final round because they've already qualified because they've got four wins already, haven't they? So, uh, or three wins. Three, three wins. Yeah. So they haven't quite already guaranteed qualification. Um, I so. mean, uh, they they have because. If they lose to Brazil, they finish on 3-1. And then, so Brazil can't jump them. Only we can jump them. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it is interesting. Um, But I have faith in the rest of the English team. Shouldn't have lost to Australia. That's, That's the crux of it. I've not been following it very closely this year. Well, I mean, Group D is spicy, which is what we kind of called the group of death, uh, which was USA, US Islands, Poland, Spain, Serbia, Mexico. Um, I believe Spain beat USA 3-2 uh, in round four. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, that's now going... It just in. crashed. So a, a bit of excitement, just... Yeah, so that's now... Well, okay, so the final round in Group D, uh, it basically comes down to Poland versus USA, and whoever wins that uh, game progresses. Unless Spain lose to Mexico. Uh, What does that do to that? Because Spain Uh, Spain are 3-1. Poland are 3-1, USA are 3-1. If Spain lose to Mexico, then Poland and USA... Could notionally progress based on how, depending on how many wins, game wins they get um, out of it. So there's there's all sorts of I think, potential extrapolations of stuff. Yeah. What? So if Poland win, they are through. Yes. If you are, if USA win, they are through. I think USA can still progress if they lose. Poland, looking at their individual wins, probably don't progress. So Poland, yeah. if they if they want any chance of progressing have to win uh but usa could lose and still progress yeah if mexico wins but if if spain beats mexico and poland beats usa then usa would be out but yeah i mean that was a very tight group like serbia and us us islands have both got some you know really good players um you know and yeah such a tough group yeah they do they do um We'll just briefly touch on Group A. I think Group A is locked in. Um, I don't think anybody else can uh, so, catch up. So from my notes I put in, I think the other day, so Germany are definitely through, and I think it probably comes down to the New Zealand-Philippines matchup. Yeah, so Netherlands have jumped with a win, but ne- Netherlands, Philippines and Switzerland are all one win and, and two losses. Switzerland are three losses, they're out. They've they finished now, they're they're done for the for the tournament. They they're not playing in the last round. Netherlands are playing Germany. You would expect Germany to win that. Then New Zealand play Philippines. Um but New Zealand have already got two wins. 
um, and one loss, um, where Philippines have got one win and two losses. So it could end up being two and two for both of them, and it'll come down to game wins at that point. Um, well, so but, Germany are through, and in theory, New Zealand, Netherlands, or Philippines could all progress. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, if Netherlands no, no, no. beat Germany, then... It oh, yeah, sorry, 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 yeah, yeah, because they've got the draw, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. So Netherlands yeah. could still progress if they win. Um, in fact, they if they win, they progress. Actually, no, because New Zealand... Oh, yeah, because it all comes down to New Zealand as well. So again, that, yeah. I mean, the second place is really tight in that group. Yeah, so if New Zealand win, they progress. If Philippines beat New Zealand, then it comes down to game wins between the Philippines, Netherlands, and New Zealand, and I can't be bothered to go back and look at all the game wins um, for them. I mean, that, that, yeah, for stuff like that, it's only really the teams that are playing that care about it, that, that detail. I think for the rest of us, we just yes. wait, wait for the results. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, there's also a lot of stuff like the challenge isn't fully up to date where I'm looking. Um, so a lot of the games aren't in because um, oh, yeah. yeah, it gets updated a couple of times a week. Yeah, I, I just look on the long shanks. It's just easier. Yeah. Um, okay, Group D, we've talked about. Um, but let's talk about the Pirates then, Liam. France, Pirates, Canada, Czech Republic, Norway, South Africa. South Africa are out. Norway are out. Czech Republic are out. They've all got three losses. Now, Canada have got three, three wins and one loss. Pirates have got three wins and one loss. France have got four wins. Canada yep. are playing France in the last round. Yep. If France win, they definitely qualify. If yeah. Canada win, they definitely qualify. Yeah. Yeah. Pirates playing Czech Republic. Uh, we've got Norway. We got Norway. Yeah. If if Pirates five zero Norway. And Canada win. Canada is still top, and then Pirates, in theory, would be second. Actually, no, because Canada could win three two, and I think France still progresses on individual wins. So you've got three very strong teams here, basically all beating each other. Yeah, and it's going to come down to the wire as to who actually gets through. So France are in pole position because they've won their first four games, and they've got Canada. If France beat Canada, Canada are out. Basically, um, if Canada beat France, then there's an well, awful lot of permutations that can occur. Well, you say that like if France beat Canada, as long as the Pirates don't lose. Yeah. Yes. Because if if the pirates also lose, then that is as bad as yeah Canada winning. Yeah, but Canada, but pirates beat Canada, so they've got head to head. It doesn't matter. And it's it's uh, Canada are currently on plus four individual wins. And that's first uh, first tiebreak, I believe. Ah, uh, okay. Because Canada five owed somebody. Yeah. Two people. Canada five owed Norway and South Africa. So ideally, pirates. Pi- pirates need to better Canada's result, whatever it is. Yeah. So Pirates have got 4-0 on Czech Republic with one game left to play from round three, apparently. Or was it a tie? Possibly a tie. Um, so they've got four. So yeah, Canada are up on game wins. So it's all it's all excitement. Um, there's all sorts of permutations. 5-0s are really difficult to get, and Canada have managed to get two of them. But having then lost to Pirates, um, they've thrown everything into the balance. So it's going to be interesting to watch Fran. Franada and Kant, Canada and France, 
going at it in the various channels. A um, little bit of trash talk happening basically constantly um, at this point in time. So, um, yeah. Anyway, it's coming to the end. Um, there's going to be a slight res respite from all of this as um, we uh, as we settle in for the finals probably in the first weekend or second weekend of December, um, kind of the 9th and 10th of December is, is what we're looking at at the moment, although that is up for discussion uh, because it clashes with a world's qualifier somewhere in the Southern Hemisphere. Singapore. Um, so, yeah, so it might be that um, it moves, but I don't know if it will. Um, I think Nobby posted up earlier that it would only be an issue if Philippines qualify because it's like there local world's open qualifier but yeah. because i think it sounds like nobby's the only australian who's traveling because he's streaming so it might not affect the australians it might affect some i, d I don't know but i think that yeah that is probably the only mm. sort of couple of teams and and i guess new zealand as well yeah yeah okay i'm just looking down the player results for um some of the xtc groups and they're just crazy like, I feel sorry for Epionic um, in US Islands, who's gone three and one. But I mean, he's using rebels, so you know it's. What's it? Team, team event individual standings are always take with a pinch of salt because you just don't know how that player's been used. How, have they been given their preferred matchups and you know going to win, or are they the ones that are going out there with the bad matchups, just trying to you know? Yeah. Do something for the team, so yeah, that's the um, that's the advantage to being the non-playing captain is that you try and cycle bad matchups around, but there's no temptation to just give yourself a good matchup so you can play the captain's innings and always get wins and go four and zero. It's be like, yeah, look at me, I'm a king. I've gone five and zero, four and zero in this team tournament. It's like, yeah, but your team didn't progress because you gave yourself the good matchups and not other people. So um, I've tried to cycle it around um, the Irish lads, and it's um, it's going all right. Um, special mention to Connor Holmes, who jumped in as sub for first order and has won three games. So, um, sadly, his wife's about to go into labour, so he's not going to be available for the finals. <laughs> but as it is, our our first order prep Kev is going to be great. So, with um, yeah, really, really proud of the team. Um, so I'm going to do shout outs now, anyway. Um, before I circle back around the drain of the last 45 minutes again before we went into XTC. So um, I'm going to shout out Team Ireland. So I've mentioned Connor and Kev, um, but also Cormac, Chris, Chris, and Gary. Um, Chris, Gary, Connor, Kev, and Nick. Um, I was like going, I'm, I'm missing one. There's an extra name there. Nick's only small, but I can't forget him. Um, everybody's played really well, executed on the good matchups, and um I'm really looking forward to taking it through the finals and see how we can get on this year. Um, really looking forward to getting revenge on Colombia. Do it! Um, what about you, Tim? Any shout-outs or any hellos? Uh, I will shout out England when the team bails me out and wins the round. Um, <laughs> but I'll shout out my NCX team because uh, I, have, I have enjoyed it. It's been good fun. And we've just made the playoffs, so we've got uh, another game against... I think it's the Firebirds, isn't it? Uh, Andre's team. So I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I I did not get on well with that tournament at all. Like the the best thing about it was that last round I got to play um, N1 Anakin because they said 
you're out. There's nothing that we can do to make the playoffs, so just do whatever. And I was like, cool, I'm going to fly. Anakin and then so you, one star so higher. you just did barrel rolls. That's what you did. You just did, did Basically, yeah, my, my opponent went, why, why have you taken the worst version of Anakin that costs more than the best version of Anakin and the same as the medium versions of Anakin? And I was like, because... I can't do anything about winning the round for my team, so I'm going to have fun. So I flew a gauntlet and N1 Anakin, and it was great. <laughs> and it was close, but I lost. But it was close. It was closer than it should have been, considering the absolute garbage that I put on the table. <laughs> anyway, Ben, what about you? Uh, just all the guys who was at Club Night on Tuesday, except... um, and also Phil coming down from uh, Wales. Wrexham. And he bought it. So, uh, I played him, but I cannot remember his name. I feel awful. But I'm not the best with names anyway. But I had a really fun game with him. The the other guy whose name Ma- I've Ma- completely well. gone. But he gave me pizza. Maybe that's why I liked him. <laughs> <laughs> he, easy bought you. Oh, yeah. Um, what about you, Liam? Uh, bought in Brum, my NCX team, the Rave Crabs and the Pirates. Uh, I am. Begging for a miracle uh, to make sure we get through uh, groups, but it's literally we can only win what's in front of us. We're hoping to five and zero it, but we'll see. Cool. Um. All right. Um. Yeah, we're gonna. Um. Oh, no, my brain's just gone blank. And I still haven't remembered that thing I forgot earlier. Um, was it you were going to give me five pounds? No. No, it was something It was something really deep about, you know, being... <laughs> sorry, Tim. It was something really deep, but it's gone. I'll remember it when I'm on the toilet later, and I'll write it down for next week. Is it um, the Ocean Gate submarine? <laughs> that's, that's really deep. Um, all right. So on that note, it's a goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye from Liam. Toodles. Uh, Goodbye from Tim. Goodbye. And goodbye from the new boy, Ben. Bye. Goodbye.